There's, there's some of us in this room that we're going to have to let go of some old baggage that maybe we're, we've already unintentionally carried into this new year that if we don't let go of that, we can't possess what God's called us to possess. And if that word, you know, doesn't make sense to you because you're new to church, the word possess in, in the Old Testament, God called the Israelites to possess land. He would tell them, this is the land you're going to go into. It's called the promised land. And Moses, he led them all the way up to it. But Joshua was the one who had to take them into it. And, and I just sense in my heart, there's some land that you believers, all of us as a church, we're called to possess spiritually, emotionally, physically, healing this year, freedom this year from sins, from addictions, uh, uh, prosperity this year, getting out of debt this year. There's some things God's called you to do in 2015. You know what I was thinking about? 2015 is the year that Back to the Future, the movie, was talking about. I know that's like really deep at church. But they were talking about like hoverboards and stuff like that, you know, Marty McFly, you know, Back to the Future stuff. But here we are, 2015. I don't have a hoverboard. I don't know if you have a hoverboard or, you know, a car that hovers. But this is the year that I believe, you know, when <laughs> I was thinking about that movie, how they had these predictions. To me, this is a year we're, we're just as close to 2030 as we are to year 2000. Isn't that crazy? If you think about it, we're just as close to 2030 as we are to Y2K. And I remember Y2K. How many of y'all remember Y2K? That was a wild moment just thinking, are we going to be here? You know, what's going to happen to the computers in 2000? But what God started stirring to me is, Paul, there's a reason why y'all are still here. There's a reason why Jesus hasn't returned yet. And if you'll look at this year, instead of look at it with complacency or just instead of looking at it like, oh, it's just another year, it's January, just another day. But instead, look at it with a sense of expectancy. Look at it with the sense of God has something for us this year as a church. We're going we're gonna to do more influentially around the world than we've ever done before. We're going to step out. We're going to dream bigger. We're going to move forward with vision. And God wants you to have that as an individual and also as part of the local body of Christ right here in this church. So this year, turn to someone next to you and say, this is my year to do something big that brings God glory. This is my year to see God's plan fulfilled in my life. Are you ready for that, church? All right, grab your Bible, stand to your feet all over this place. And open to Psalms chapter 1. Woo! We always save the best for the last. So 11 a.m. service. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Starting a new series called Ted's Plan today. If your name is Ted, the series is not about you, so don't get upset or offended. We just had to pick a name. But the, the scripture that I sense just for this week, and each week we're going to talk about some different scriptures where God wants to speak to all of us because all of us have a little bit of Ted in us and I'll get into that a little later but this passage I think is going to stir up something in us today it's going to remind us what we're here for this is a different kind of message it's not necessarily one of those that you walk out and it's you know hyped up to go change the world but more to remember why you're here and and, and remember what you're to do this year to make the most of 2015 so Psalms chapter 1 verse 1 the psalmist says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or, or stand with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. For they will be like trees planted, everybody say planted, 
along the river bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. How many of y'all want to prosper in all you do this year? He says that these plans, these, these people, that God watches over them. God looks out for them. But the plans and the path of those who live in wickedness, those who kind of have a plot or a plan for 2015 that doesn't involve God, that it leads to destruction. And so this year, we want our plans to involve God from start to finish. All through the middle, we want God in it. If God's not in it, then it's not going to be good. I was trying to think of a rhyme there. If God's not in it, we won't win it. There we go. So this year, we want God in it from start to finish. Amen? All right, we're going to say a confession together. If it's your first time to victory, you, you don't have to say this, but you might start to say it as you're watching other people say it. We're going to put the words on the screen. This is our confession. It's a confession of faith that this is going to be a great Sunday. We're going to have a great week this week, and that our best days aren't behind us. So you guys ready to say on the count of three? All right, one, two, three. I'm here on purpose. I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. Because God is not finished with me yet. My best days, come on, say it louder. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. You believe it, church? All right, give, give three people a high five. Tell them you're in the right place. You're in the right place. You are in the right place. Praise God. God, we thank you for a great day. We expect you to move. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. We're surrendered to you. Let us leave today refreshed, encouraged, and challenged in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right, we want to introduce you at the start of the series to Ted. Check this out. This is Ted. Every year, Ted has plans. And just like all of us, Ted gets excited for those plans. But most of the time, they don't turn out exactly like he thought they would. But this year, things are about to change. All right, things are about to change for Ted. Ted is, is a lot like you and I. He's got plans for 2015. How many of you guys got some plans this year? All right, so Ted, one of his big plans is that he wants to get better at everything. It's kind of a big plan. He wants to get better at his finances. He wants to get better at reading the Bible. He wants to get better at praying more. He wants to get better at forgiving people because he's in the past had a problem forgiving people. Ted wants to get better at finishing projects. Like if you knew Ted, if you could see a glimpse into Ted's house and his backyard and his car, you could tell Ted's one of those guys that's really good at starting stuff but not so good at finishing stuff. One of the, the big flaws that Ted has kind of carried over the last few years, and, and honestly, it's, he can't even remember when he wasn't like this, was he wasn't very consistent. Everybody say consistency. Ted had a problem with follow-through. Like, he would start to go to the gym and get the gym membership and work out, but it only lasted like seven days. And then he was back on the couch, sleeping in, hitting the alarm clock, watching TV. And, and Ted also, he's got some friends, but these friends aren't really deep friends. They're kind of, they're, they're nice friends, but they, they're shallow. They, they just want to play video games, and, and they don't really talk to Ted about anything deep in life or ask him how he's doing. And so this year, Ted has some goals. One of his goals is he wants some deeper friendships, whether that means changing some of the friends that he has or asking some of the friends he has to start going deeper with him and getting deeper when it comes to spiritual matters. 
Ted wants to grow spiritually this year, but he's just not sure how. So he's, he's got some ideas, some plans. One of his plans is that Ted thinks, okay, here's how I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to go to every church in Tulsa. Every week I'm going to pick a new church and I'm going to go there. And I'm going to find which one I like, but really I just want to see what I can get out of every church. That's kind of one of his plans. Kind of that, that's what Ted thinks is going to help him grow spiritually. But see, the problem that Ted has is he doesn't have any consistency in his life. He, 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 he bounces from job to job. He bounces from relationship to relationship. And Ted, he's got this daughter, and, and he wants her to get into children's church, but he, he doesn't realize that going from church to church to church to church isn't going to give her any consistency either. And Ted has this thing that he just gets annoyed by people really easily. So he doesn't like to get close to people he doesn't know. He likes to kind of have the friends he's always had. And so he sits in the back and kind of blends in, comes late, leaves early, and he's not very connected. And, and on top of that, it's affecting all the areas in Ted's life. Ted's, Ted's noticing that financially he's not consistent. That he's not very consistent when it comes to uh, 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 other things like, you know, just when it comes to keeping in touch with his parents and, and taking care of his daughter and doing different things. So he struggles with consistency. But this year, something is about to change. Ted is about to have a life-changing moment. And the thing is, most of us in this room, whether we realize it or not, maybe not this week, but over the next three weeks, we're going to be able to relate to Ted. Today, we're talking about one flaw in his life. But over the next few weeks, I want us to kind of look into Ted's life and also talk about what does God say is going to really help us this year? What does God say is really going to make our year significant and successful? For Ted, I want to take us back to the scripture in Psalms chapter 1. Ted has this problem with going to, and doing things that he shouldn't be doing. He kind of goes back to some old habits. He wants to break them, but he just feels stuck. In Psalms chapter 1 verse 1, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. The message version puts it like this. Oh, the joys of those who don't hang out at Sin Saloon. <laughs> right? In other words, oh, the joys of those who aren't living in an environment that's toxic. Oh, the joys of those who don't slink along dead-end road. There's some roads that just don't lead anywhere. And, and Ted, even though he has great intentions, intentions don't equal direction. Intentions are up here, but direction starts by putting one foot in front of another foot in the right place, right? So, so one thing I want us to kind of say together is direction, everybody say this with me, direction, direction. not intention, direction. determines destination. Direction, direction. not intention, direction. determines destination. Ted wants to get stronger, he wants to get healthier. He has all the great intentions of getting closer to God, but he keeps going the wrong direction. It's one thing to have good intentions, but if you're not stepping in the direction you need to go, your destination is not going to be a very likable destination. You're going to end up where you walk towards, right? Not where you think about, but where you walk towards. So this year, Ted, he's got to get on the right path, the right plan. And he says, not just slinking along dead in road, and they don't go to Smart Mouth College. That's like a good scripture right there for, for moms to use on their daughters and, and their sons. Blessed are those who don't go to smart mouth college. In other words, that you're not talking back to God. That you're not like having this, you know, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with God. Oh, by the way, it's Liam's birthday. Ashley, this is my wife, Ashley, and this is my son, Liam. Happy birthday, Liam Josiah. 
one years old today. We're super excited about that. We love you. He's got to go to nursery. But, you know, I think about how all of us, we have great intentions. We want to grow this year, but are we willing to do what it takes to get there? There's a guy I work out with, and he always tells me, Paul, until you, until you get to the place where you're willing to do whatever it takes to see the results you want to see, you're never going to change. And, and, and some people, we want to change, but we feel like we can't change. We want to change in areas like bad habits that we keep going back to, but we feel like, man, I just can't get unstuck. I feel like I am stuck in this cycle of laziness. I feel like I am stuck in this cycle of, of fighting, of strife. I feel like I'm stuck in this cycle of not being healthy, not, getting, uh, not doing the things that I need to do to keep my body healthy. And by the way, getting healthy is a spiritual goal too because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this year, what is it going to take for us to have a significant year? What's it going to take for us to have a year on purpose, a year where we can look back in December and say, man, that was a good year. No matter what we walk through, no matter how many storms we face, and I'm not telling you that you're not going to walk through storms this year because you will. Just because you get saved doesn't exempt you from storms. But when you are saved, you have a shelter through every storm. You have a king who's with you in the middle of the storm. So this year, through the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can still have a significant year. And this is what God says. Here's, here's where it starts. That you get off the wrong road and you get on the right road. Verse 2, it says, the people who delight themselves in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? It's not rules and regulations and legalism. It's his word. It's his map. This is the law of the Lord. That here is where we find direction. Here's where we find guidance. And, and some people say, Man, I, I, I just want to know God's will. What is God's will for my life? It's in here. Like, it's not this floating thing that you have to beg God to give you and, and reveal to you. He's already revealed it to you. If you want to know what his will is, get in his word. His word is his will. And Ted, he's, got, he's like this guy. He's like, man, I just want to know the will of God. But he, he doesn't take the time to get in the word. And so he, 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 he constantly feels frustrated. That I, man, I just don't know God's will for my life. The will of God is found in the word of God. There's the revealed will of God, and then there is the concealed will of God, which those, that, that's something later on in the series we're going to get into, and that's a really important topic you don't want to miss next week. But I think about how God reveals his word to us, and at the end of your row are these Bible reading plans. I encourage everyone, pass them down the row. Everyone take one. If you want to take two or three, you can take two or three. We, we printed these off for you to follow along with us this year to go through the Bible, to finish the Bible in one year. And every day, we've got different chapters we can read together, and you'll be on the same Bible plan as us. And if you have a different Bible plan you follow on your phone, on version, you can do that too. But this is just a way to kind of stay connected. What, what's, what's Victory reading right now, this week? You'll see it right here. I like to keep one of these by my bedside, one in my car. I keep one in my office. I mean, I, I, because sometimes I lose one, so I have to have one everywhere. And, and so maybe you want to take a couple of these. But this is what God's saying. He's saying, blessed are those. In other words, those who find themselves in God's word, those who delight in the word of God, meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted by the river, bearing fruit in each season. This year, one of God's plans for you is that you would bear fruit. Bear fruit. That you would bear 
fruit, not just in January, but in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July, in August, September. God wants us to bear fruit in every season. And bearing fruit takes time. It's a process. It's not something you just see overnight. But it comes when you're planted along the river. It says their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. This year, God wants you to prosper. He wants you to increase. He doesn't want you to decrease. He doesn't want you to move backwards. He wants you to increase this year. Now, some people, that messes with their theology because they think, no, no, God wants me to shrink. God wants me to be poor. God wants me to, to be miserable. No, no, no. I don't know who fed you those lies, but God... When you're meditating on his word, he says you're going to be like a tree planted by the river. You're, even when you get older and older and older and other people who, 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 who get older who don't know the Lord and they're losing vitality, you're going to gain vitality even as you get older. You're going to prosper the longer that you're in God's word, in God's house. And so this is the next passage I want us to look at, Psalms 92, because it's a connection. How do we flourish? How do we prosper in all we do? If that's, if that's what we're called to do, how do we do it? Psalms 92, verse 12. And Ted, he's, he's, he's in right now. I mean, he's, he's here, and he's saying, okay, how, how do I do this, right? How do I have a significant year this year? How do I change my plan in 2015 to make sure that it's God's plan? And this is the, this is the point. It says, the godly, verse 12, Psalms 92, verse 12, the godly will flourish like palm trees. They will grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. My family had the opportunity uh, years ago to go to Israel. And the palm trees that he's referring to right here are these date palms that grow near Masada. They grow near the Dead Sea and they grow in desert-like conditions and yet they, they stay green year-round. And they produce fruit year-round. And the wild thing is these date palms can live over 300 years. Some of them live up to 600 years old. So when he says, listen, when you are living in God's plan for 2015, you're going to be fruitful year-round. You're going to be flourishing year-round. You're going to be like the trees of Lebanon. Here's a tree of Lebanon right here. It's massive. It provides shade. It continues to grow and get stronger and stronger. And he says, here's, here's why, verse 13, because they are planted in the Lord's house. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, watch this. He says, they will bear fruit in old age. They will be fresh and flourishing. Come on, Judy, I'm looking at some fresh and flourishing people in this place right here, right now. Turn to that person next to you and say, you look so fresh and so clean, clean. Come on, AJZ. <laughs> God wants us to look fresh as we get older. Somebody told me after the 9 a.m., Paul, you've been looking fresh lately up there. I said, thank you. It's because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. See, Ted's plan will never work because it's his plan. It's all about what Ted wants to do. And until Ted surrenders his plan to God and says, God, I want your plan in my life, he's going to be miserable and empty. Mark 8, verse 36, you can write this down, says, what profit is it if I gain the whole world but lose my soul? Like, what do I gain if I make all this money in 2015 and I get all these friends and I go to all these parties and I get all of this stuff and I get to do whatever I want to do my way or the highway, Burger King, you can have it your way, right? But what if I do all that? But my spiritual life 
is empty. He says, I gain nothing. And so this year, my prayer as a pastor is that all of us in this church would have a significant year spiritually. That all of us in this church would flourish spiritually. Because when you flourish spiritually, it doesn't matter what's happening in all the other areas. Bruce, Pastor Bruce said it earlier, Matthew 6, verse 33, seeking first the kingdom of God, everything else is added unto you. So when we decide, I'm going to let God's plan take over my plan, all of a sudden we start to have a significant year. Here's the other thing. Ted's plan, if I could just talk to Ted on stage, if I could tell him like, hey, there's something wrong here. Your words are mixed up. You've got it all mixed up. See, Ted's plan will not work until he's planted. Come on, somebody. We worked hard on that. Ted's plan won't work until he's I like that right there. See what I'm saying? Plan Ted. Get it? Oh, now that I'm a dad, I can do all the dad jokes. Come on now. Ted, he bounces, right? I mean, he's really good at leaving, but not really good at staying planted. And, and as long as he's bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing and project to project and book to book and church to church and relationship to relationship and trying to milk everything for what it's worth and only being a consumer, he's never going to get the fruit that he wants in his life. Because fruit doesn't grow when there's no root. No root, no fruit. The fruit only grows when it's rooted. So the roots produce the fruit. So here's a couple benefits that are going to happen if you get planted this year. And maybe you already are planted, but maybe you're kind of like your roots are starting to want to waver. Maybe you've kind of wanted to get out of God's plan and do things your way. Here's what's going to happen if you're planted in God's house, God's will, and God's plan for your life. Number one, you're going to grow, right? Read your Bible and pray every day and you grow, 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 grow. I started too high, okay. <laughs> Number one, the value of being planted in God's house is you grow. Go back to Psalm 92, verse 12. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish and grow strong. They will flourish and grow strong because they're planted. They're planted. I got two trees up here. This is, this is live Sally and dead Ted, okay? Live Sally, let's just pretend. Can you all see this tree? Okay, Live Sally, let's just say Live Sally has been planted by the Arkansas River for the last three or four years. And, and Live Sally, she's friends with all the insects over there and the other trees. She's hanging out at the Arkansas River, just kind of building her life over there, just having, having a good time. It's not always the funnest place to be, and, and there's not always a ton of water in the river, but she's decided, this is where I'm going to be. I've, I've decided the soil, I'm going to stick in this soil. And so She's here, right? I mean, she may not be massive, but she's on her way. One of the things about being planted is you can't expect overnight change. It's a process. It's a process. Anywhere you, be, anywhere you would plant yourself, it's going to be a process of change. Uh, very rarely have I seen someone just, like, change something cold turkey and never do or go back to that thing 
ever again. Usually it's a process. Usually it's, hey, I, I, I used to be smoking six packs of cigarettes. Now I'm down to three. Hey, I was smoking three packs. Now I'm down to one pack. In fact, I talked to a lady last week. She said, I, I'm now down to like two or three cigarettes a day, and I was at six packs. I mean, that's crazy how she's come that far. And you know what? I said, celebrate the progress. See, some of us, we get like so like legalistic, like, no, if they didn't quit, they can't come to church. No, I'm all about your progress. Because where there's progress, that means you've been planted. Progress only comes from being planted. Ted, he gets frustrated because he doesn't see the progress happening fast enough. And, and he started in the Arkansas River, but he just didn't like it. And the, 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 the climate wasn't very comfortable. And so he decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to Fort Lauderdale, man. I'm going to find me a good beach to plant myself on. And so he went there. He kind of liked it for, you know, three to six months, but it got too hot. So he said, man, I want to go to Colorado and be in the Rockies. So I'm going to go to the Rockies. And he was there for about three to six months, but it got too cold. So he said, I'm going to California. I want to be around the hippies and hang out with all these people down in San Diego, you know. So he goes down there and he hangs out there. I'm not saying everyone in California is hippies, so don't, don't get mad at me. <laughs> Long story short, he's got no fruit because he keeps uprooting himself. And here's the problem. So many of us uproot ourselves right before the breakthrough. Consistency brings the breakthrough. If you want to see change, you've got to learn to stay planted. And I'm not just saying planted in a church. I'm saying planted in the plan that God gave you. So many people, man, it's like, oh, God told me to start a business, but it just didn't work out. Well, did you stick with it? I mean, did you keep going? I mean, the, see, there's times when we're supposed to quit something, and then there's times when we're supposed to press through and persevere. And, we're, and we have to learn on how to know what I'm supposed to stick with and what maybe I'm supposed to stop. When something is, is supposed to stop, usually you hear it from God in multiple places. But sometimes people just quit and stop things because they just get frustrated at the slow progress. Salvation is a process. It is a process. Ephesians chapter 2 says we are saved. 1 Corinthians says we're being saved, renewed day by day. And then 1 Peter 1 says that we will be saved. So it's not one tense. It's not like past. It's past, present, future. It's a constant. We are growing into who God's called us to be. We can't get frustrated that we're not there yet. Paul says, i got to forget the things that are behind me and press forward towards the things that are ahead. Which means I have to be planted in a place that's alive. You know, one thing I love about Victor is we are in a live church. We walked through some stuff, but man, we're still standing and we're stronger than we've ever been before. And this year, I'm excited about the vision that's coming from this house. We're going to reach more people than we've ever reached. We're going we're gonna to grow more influential in the world and going on mission trips and doing outreaches and in our church. We're, gonna, we're doing this new thing, the growth track. Today, we have a connect lunch where we're going to start discipling and doing a better job of follow-up and discipleship. See, that happens when you're planted, all of a sudden you start growing. Discipleship starts happening. To be a disciple means you have to be connected, planted in the house of the Lord. Number two, here's the other thing that happens. When we are planted, we're known. We're known. People know your name. They know where you need to grow. People know when you go to the hospital. Hold on. My phone's ringing. Hello? 
This is Jerry Sanderson calling from American Airlines Human Resources. This is uh, Pastor Paul Doria of Victory Tulsa. Yeah, I'm in the middle of our 11 a.m. church okay, service. Okay, you're listed as a reference for Kevin Martins. Do you know him? He says he serves at your church. Is he reliable, dependable, good character, and of integrity? <laughs> okay, I think I understood. You asked me if I know My name Kevin is Jerry Martins. Sanderson calling from American Airlines Human Resources. Is this Pastor Paul Doherty, Victory Tulsa? Yes, this is Pastor Paul. You're listed as a reference for Kevin Mons. Do you know him? He says he serves at your church. Is he reliable, dependable, of good character, and integrity? <laughs> Does anybody know a Kevin Martins here? Kevin, Kevin. Yes, yes. Hey, we, we do know who he is. You know what? Kevin, I remember him now. Yeah, he's served. He's been coming to this church. Yeah. Hey, I know Kevin. He's a good guy. I would say definitely, whatever you're thinking about doing, you need to hire that guy. Kevin's a good guy. So you know him. <laughs> yes, I know Kevin. Okay. And then here's one more. Darius Donaldson. He says he went to a church last Easter and y'all would know him. What's his character like? Okay. <laughs> last Easter was like eight months ago. Uh, Maybe you know him by his Instagram name. He goes by D Money. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's not ringing a bell. Darius Donaldson. If the last time he was here was eight months ago, it's hard for me to really know where he's at or who he is. So I can't really give that recommendation. I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you for your services. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, that happens on like a weekly basis. I'll get a phone call and someone will be asking me, hey, do you know this person in the church? And I don't know every name, so please don't get mad at me if I don't remember your name because i got to remember a lot of names in the church. But what I'll do is I'll call other people. I'll say, hey, uh, Trudy, have you heard of this person here? Or, hey, Laura Straub, do you know this person? AJ, have you met this person? Or, Mom, uh, have you talked to this person, Charisse or John or Judy? Hey, Vernita, do you guys know some of these people? And I'll call around to make sure that I cover the bases. And what's sad is sometimes people want to be known, yet they're not planted. And so there's no way we can give any recommendation, right? There's no way we would know that they went into the hospital because they're not planted. And so I'll get a phone call sometimes from, like, someone in the jail. Hey, can you come visit me? And, yeah, I'll come visit you, but I don't know you. Like, we've never talked. We never met. Who, who do you know at our church? And, see, here's the point of being planted is when you walk through storms, people know, and they got your back. When you go into the hospital, people know, and they come to pray for you. When you have someone uh, in your family who does something wrong, people in this church, we're not going to pick up stones. We're going to come and surround you with prayer, with grace, with forgiveness. The church should be the first place you come to that as a safe place to talk about the storms you're walking through, right? But the only way to really have that protection and that covering is to be planted. How can you be known if you're not around? How can anybody know you if you never introduce yourself to anyone? How can anybody know your, your, your struggles and your, and your victories if you don't talk to people? Now, I look at people around this room who I know are planted, and I know them, and other people know them. And I see Paul way up there in the back who served in our children's church for 25-plus years, and his family's been planted in this church. We know the Smith family, right? I mean, I look at people who've come back to victory, and God said, okay, I'm replanting you here. We know Judy, right? We know people in this church. And, and, and like I said, I may not know every name, but somebody knows your name. 
Somebody in this church is going to get to know you. And one of the things that I love about Victory is when someone goes in the hospital, this church shows up. I mean, last week I was up in the hospital praying for a couple. When I walked out, I ran into another Victory member who was going to visit another Victory member. And, and they said, hey, yeah, we're going up here. The SWAT team called. What? We got a SWAT team? Yeah, we got a SWAT team at Victory. It's called the prayer SWAT team. When somebody's in the hospital, when somebody's going through a crisis in their marriage or financially or their kids going astray and they got problems in the home, the SWAT team is on it. They are praying. They are calling. We're checking up. But how can we do that if we don't know you? It's a double, it's a two-way relationship. It's like a piggy bank. You only get out of something what you put into it. And so many people, you know, it's like, I'm a consumer, right? I want to get, I want to get, I want to get. But what do you put into it relationally? What do you put into being planted where God's called you to be planted on a weekly basis? Some people say, well, I'll be there next Easter. I'll be there on Christmas time. I'll be, I'll be there for word explosion. I don't really want to be there on a weekly basis. My challenge for all of us this year is that we would be planted. That we would get to church as often as we can. As often as you can. Maybe right now in your family, that's twice a month or three times a month. Or maybe you can come every week. But when you are in that church, you're in that consistent pattern of hearing the word of God. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Something starts to change in your life. And I want the worship team to come up as I get ready to close. Because here's the last point. Here's what happens when you're planted. Not only do you grow, not only are you known, you make a difference. You make a difference. It's interesting growing up in the church and people coming up to me and wanting to give me a word from the Lord. And I'm looking at them going, do I know you? <laughs> like, do you, have, do you have the right to correct me? Because... We've never talked. And I don't mind. I can receive correction. But I, I receive it a lot better from someone who's developed a relationship. Right? I mean, it'd be weird if I came up to you one-on-one -on -one and just started telling you things you need to change in. And, and, and you look at me going like, wait a minute. I mean, I know you're my pastor, but we got to develop a relationship here. And, and the same thing goes for you. That influence only comes through relationship. Influence in a church it's built by being planted. And the longer you're somewhere, the more people want to listen to you, the more people want to hear from you, the more people come to you to get advice and say, hey, hey, man, I've seen you. Like, you've pushed through some storms. I saw you serving here for the last, like, five years. I've seen you coming now for five months. And I want you to see, over time, you develop influence, dependability, reliability. And this year, to have a significant year, it starts with being planted in the house of the Lord. The devil's going to do everything he can to get you to leave God's house, right? He'll put a restless spirit inside you, a, a restless spirit that kind of plagued the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, the father with two sons. And one of the sons, he just said, I just want to get out of the house. Like, I just want to see what else is out there. I just, I've grown up in this house. I'm ready to leave. I want to go find other things. He put a restless, wandering spirit. I heard a story about how coyotes kill dogs in Oklahoma. It's crazy. What they'll do is they'll have one coyote run in front of the house. And these dogs that sit out uh, on the front porch of these houses in Oklahoma. I've got a friend who's got uh, a house with a bunch of land. The coyotes roam the land. He said, Paul, it's, it's really sad. One of my dogs was sitting on the front porch. And he said, this not just happened to me. It happened to some of my neighbors. He said, my, my dog was sitting on the front porch. And the coyote came in front of the house and kept running, zigzagging back and forth. It was just trying to taunt him to, to leave the house. 
Just leave the house. Just leave the house. Come on. Let's play. Come on out and play. So the dog chases the coyote. The coyote leads him through the prairie, and he's going all over. And what he's doing is the coyote's getting him further and further away from the house. Because if he can get you further from the house, he pulls you out of the protection. And so he pulls the dog from the prairie into the woods. And little did that dog know that there was a pack of coyotes waiting that destroyed that dog. And he said, Paul, I found my dog, man. And he said it was really sad. But he said, uh, he said it, I, I just couldn't help but realize the connection spiritually that the devil tries to get us out of God's house. He tries to get us offended, upset tries to build this pride in me, like, I can do this Christian journey on my own. I don't need a church. I don't need to be planted. I don't need relationships. I can be, I can be independent. There's nothing in the New Testament that talks about Christians having significant lives independent from the church. There's nothing in the Bible that says isolation is a road towards victory. No, isolation is a road towards destruction. The further you get away from God's house, and into your own plan and your own path and I'm going to do my way and I want to do my will and the further you get away from the plan that God has for you and guys God's house is a house of grace it's not a house of shame and judgmental and condemnation when you come to God's house there is forgiveness every week at this altar there is grace every week in this room and you could start over at any point one of the things I love about this tree is with the right sunlight and the right nutrients, we can put that thing in the ground and it will start growing again. God's the God who brings dead things back to life. Woo! Come on, somebody. You might feel dead this week, but man, if you get planted in the right soil and you decide, I, 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 might, I might have gone through some storms, I might have gotten offended, frustrated, but I'm deciding I'm going to plant myself in the Word of God, in the house of God, and I will not be shaken. I might be shook, but I won't be broken. I might be bent, but I won't be broken. I will still be standing. See, when you do that, growth starts to happen. Fruit starts to be produced. Patience starts growing in you. Where you used to have a bad temper, all of a sudden, you're more patient with people. Where you used to not care about anyone's needs, all of a sudden compassion starts growing in you because you're in a compassionate church that cares for poor people and loves all people and brings all races together. Where you used to have some bigotry and prejudice and racism, all of a sudden it starts getting broken because you're in a church that loves all races, all colors, all ethnic groups. And, and, and all of a sudden change starts happening. You don't even realize it. But you look back over a pattern and you say, it's because I was planted. It's because I was planted. Your kids are growing in children's church and you get married here, you find your mate here, and your teenagers go into 24-7, and they're learning about the Bible. And, and, and before you know it, when you get to the, the end of your life, instead of looking back and saying, man, we made a lot of money, didn't we? But we didn't have really any relationship with God. All of a sudden, you can look back on your life and say, man, we had a significant life because we were planted. I want us to stand to our feet all over this place. This is your year to get planted, to get planted.